Sanchez. Okay. And I actually found her last week when I was doing my research for uh, Sofia El Hilo, I think. Um, I think it was her, or it was, um, maybe it was Naomi. One of the poets that I talked about last week, I came across, uh, Sonia, I think she was someone that had inspired the, whichever poet I had found. Um, and she, with good reason. So she was born, uh, Wilsonia Benita Driver on September 9th, 1934 in Birmingham, Alabama, Alabama. Her mother died when she was very young, and so she was raised by her grandmother until her grandmother died when she was six. And it also said somewhere that she was sort of went between relatives, but I think the main person at the time that she was with was her grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, so then she eventually moved to Harlem with her father, um, who was a school teacher, um, one of her sister and her stepmother in 1943. And even though she was young, she was six, uh, the death of her grandmother greatly impacted her, and she withdrew, sort of um, became becoming introverted and she developed a stutter mm. uh this caused her to read more and pay closer attention to language and its sounds um so then after moving to harlem she became she overcame her stutter and excelled in school and she uh found her poetic voice which emerged during her time at hunter college mm. she earned her ba in political science in 1955 from hunter college then did postgraduate work at nyu where she studied poetry with louise bogan who, um, like, everywhere that I did my research specifically, like, noted that that's, like, she studied with Louise Bogan. Mm. Um, so I honestly didn't really look into it, but I, th I thought it was interesting that they pointed it out. I don't know if it was, like, her advisor or if it was a fellow classmate who's just a noted, another mm. noted, like, poetry, poet? I was gonna say poetry person. <laughs> poet! Poet! Mm -hmm. Um, but, so, someone that I'm gonna look into, but I didn't want to go too deep into that because I know there's lots to talk about. Yeah. So... During her time at NYU, she formed a writer's workshop in Greenwich Village, uh, and from that group, the Broadside Quartet was formed. It was a group that included prominent members of the black arts movement, uh, such as uh, Nikki Giovanni uh, Etheridge and Etheridge Knight, who um, would later become Sanchez's second husband. Hmm. And the black arts movement, I wanted to give a little background on that was a cultural movement conceived, because she was a very prominent person in this movement. Sure. Um, it was a cultural movement conceived of and promoted by Amiri Baraka in the mid-1960s and included writers, performers, and artists, um, including Nikki Giovanni, Gwendolyn Brooks, Haki Madubudi, I think I pronounced that right, maybe, <laughs> Edward Knight, and Sonia Sanchez. Uh, and so, in uh, in one of a poem, in one of his poems, Baraka wrote, "We want a black poem and a black world. Let the world be a black poem." And oh. it's from and it's from his poem called "Black Art," which served as a de facto manifesto for their movement. Very nice. Its practitioners, the practitioners of the movement, were energized by a desire to confront white power structures and a certain African American cultural identity. Their aims uh, were community minded as well as artistic. During its prime, hundreds of Afrocentric repertoire, uh, repertoire theater companies, public arts projects, and publishing ventures were organized throughout the U.S. Very nice. They were, um, so that's a little bit about the black arts movement. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but the broadside quartet that was formed uh, was introduced and promoted by Dudley Randall, who was mm -hmm. an established poet and publisher. So then during the 1960s, uh, she was an integrationist supporting the ideas of the Congress of Racial Equality, but after listening to the ideas of Malcolm X, who believed blacks would never truly be accepted by whites in the U.S., her work and ideas focused more on their black heritage, on, on her black heritage, 
um, taking on a more separate, uh, separationist tone. Mm. In 1965, she began teaching first at the Downtown Community School in New York and later at San Francisco State College, which is now San Francisco State University, uh, where she taught from 1968 to 69. And while there, she pioneered the development of black studies courses, including a, a class in African American women's literature, which is just fucking awesome. Sweet. Yeah, like, <laughs> way to go. Right. Filling a much needed void. Yeah. Um, in 1969, she published her first book of poetry for adults called Homecoming, which was followed by We Bad People, which is bad is spelled capital B, lowercase a, d, d, uppercase d, uppercase d, uppercase d. No, okay. It's, and so, <laughs> uh, we, bad, we a bad people, which focused on African American vernacular as a poetic medium. Ooh. Which is, yeah, she did lots of very cool things. <laughs> um, around that same time, uh, her first plays were published, and in 1971, she published her first work for children also. Oh. In her work for children, she always comes back to the concern of the, quote, real education of black children. Mm -hmm. And in her work for adults, she similarly is committed to radical politics as well as visionary imagery. In 1971, she also joined the Nation of Islam, but left by 1976 because of her qualms with its uh, repression of women. Mm -hmm. She authored over 16 books of poetry and edited several. She contributed poetry to articles on black culture, to, uh, on black culture, to anthologies and periodicals. Mm -hmm. She is one of 20 African-American women featured in the interactive exhibit Freedom Sisters at the Cincinnati Museum Center. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. I didn't know if maybe, I, I mean, you didn't really spend much time in Cincinnati, I'm, but I was sure if it's something no, you heard about. I have not, but mm -hmm. I know things. So. Yeah, maybe next time we're in Ohio. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well, not the next time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be a little bit busy next time. <laughs> um, she taught at Manhattan Community College, Amherst College, the Temp uh, at, and at Temple University, where she was the first presidential fellow. And she held the Laura uh, Carnell Chair in English until her retirement in 1999. Her honors include the Pen Writing Award, the American Book Award for Poetry, the National Academy, Academy of Arts and Letters Award, Arts and Letters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Peace and Freedom Award, uh, the Peace and Freedom Award from the Women uh, International League for Peace and Freedom, the Pennsylvania Governor's Award for Excellence in the Humanities, the Langston Hughes Poetry Award, the Robert Frost Medal, the Robert Creeley Award, the Harper Lee Award, and the National Visionary Leadership Award, among others. Wow. <laughs> Very decorated. Uh, and some of her fellowships uh, include uh, the National Endowment for the Arts and the Pew Arts Foundation. Nice. She lecture, lectured at more than 500 universities and colleges in the United States oh. and traveled extensively, reading her poetry in Africa, Cuba, England, the Caribbean, Australia, Nicaragua, and the People's Republic of China, Norway, and Canada. What? <laughs> so she's also well-traveled. Yeah, <laughs> um, Her first marriage to Albert Sanchez didn't last, but she retained her pro professional name, um, Sonia Sanchez. Uh, and they had a daughter together named Anita. And then um, in her second marriage with uh, Etheridge Knight, she had two sons, uh, twin sons, named um, Moran and Mungu. Mm. Um, and uh, she and Knight also later divorced, but she... Motherhood heavily influenced her motifs, uh, the motifs in her poetry in the 70s, um, especially focusing on the bond between mother and child. Um, and she now lives in Philadelphia and has three grandchildren, at least according to one, I don't know if she has more now, but wow. according to one of the places I got my information from, <laughs> either Wikipedia Poetry Foundation or poetry.org. <laughs> 
Um, so, like I was saying earlier about how when she had the stutter when she was younger, it forced to, she read a lot and it forced her to focus a lot on like the sounds that we make when we speak. Mm -hmm. And so she focuses on sound, uh, the sound of her poetry, saying that she always reads her poetry aloud. Sure. Um, and she's received praise for her use of the full range of African and African American vocal resources. Uh, she's known for her sonic range and uh, her dynamic public readings. Nice. I wanna. I haven't. I didn't like look for any videos, but I want to try to find a video of her like doing some public readings because I think it would be really awesome. I bet. Um, in an interview for African American Review, Sanchez says uh, said, "It is that love of language that came from listening to my grandmother speak Black English. It is that love of language that says simply to the ancestors who have done this before you, I am keeping the love of life alive." the love of language alive. I am keeping words that are spinning on my tongue and getting them transferred on paper. I am keeping this great tradition of American poetry alive. I love Which that. I just think is, yeah, a lovely sentiment. Um, so that is her. And I'm going to read um, one of her poems uh, called This Is Not a Small Voice. And it is from Wounded in the House of a Friend, published in 1955. This is not a small voice you hear. This is a large voice coming out of this, these cities. This is the voice of Latanya, Kadisha, Shaniqua. This is the voice of Antoine, Daryl, Shaquille, running over waters, navigating the hallways of our schools, spilling out on the corners of our cities, and no epitaphs spill out of their river mouths. This is not a small love you hear. This is a large love, a passion for kissing, learning on its face. This is a love that crowns the feet with hands that nourishes, conceives, feels the water sails, mends the children, folds them inside our history where they toast more than the flesh, where they suck the bones of the alphabet and spit out closed vowels. This is a love colored with iron and lace. This is a love initialed black genius. This is not a small voice you hear. Yes. And I just think that's a really powerful poem. And I think it's, like, it's important for just children to hear as they're growing up and learning that their voice matters, but especially children of color and that their genius matters and that right. their love of learning is significant and, and that they have just as much potential as anyone to their left or to their right and right. should and yeah I it's just a really and it speaks I liked this poem too I was between this one and another one and I liked it a lot because it speaks so much to her message of um and and like like I said in my her concern for like young children's education young black children's education mm -hmm. and um and being recognized in the educational system and everything and so right. I thought it spoke really well to her own message and so I thought it was a really great one to share for people to hear something that she really resonated with and was it seems like it is something that she would definitely want people to hear yeah, of her definitely. work and everything definitely. so um yeah I love that that's uh Sonia um Sanchez Sanchez and yeah that's it just amazing. speaks, and I love the imagery that she has of like she's talking about the cities and whatnot, but then running waters and rivers and mm -hmm. and um, talking about like words 
and language as if we're eating them and like ingesting oh, yeah, them yeah. and everything. That's and, always a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. And using it to, to grow and sort of nourish you and everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's just such an, so amazing. Brilliant. Um, she is brilliant. <laughs> so food or, uh, words as food, words as power, words yeah. as nourishment. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a great, mm-hmm. that's great.